Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of H&M Live. Your support is always greatly appreciated as I'm always striving to provide content that enlightens, entertains, and educates. Look, I've just enabled supporter functionality on the podcast, so click the link in the show description and any support that you provide will be greatly appreciated. Be well. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's going on, y'all? James Higgs here from Infotainment News and ITN Live. Look, been wanting to do this for a long time. This being starting a podcast to go along with the with the site and go along with the other social media platforms we have. But been always trying to find the right platform to use, right? But been looking for how to get the message out to our engaged readers, our engaged viewers, how to essentially really how to monetize. And believe it or not, I found the right platform that's getting the job done, that's going to be easy to use and easy to set up. That platform is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Check it out. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. This is an ad for Anchor, if you didn't guess that by now. Check it out. If you want to get started with Anchor, if you want to start sending out your message, owning your own platform, broadcasting your message, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me, join the rest of the diverse uh, authors and owners of content out there. Get your podcast off the ground. Let us know where it is. Talk to you soon. Y'all be cool. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon, good morning still on my side of the country, but uh, welcome to ITN Live for this Sunday, August the 9th. I'm your host, James Hicks. Uh, today we have a, another very special guest, special guest to me, uh, my cousin-in-law. I guess that's how we should officially call it. Yeah, my cousin-in-law. Uh, Michelle Hicks is joining us today. Michelle is an educator. She's based in the East Coast. Um, much of her focus in education is around TVI, Teachers for the Visually Impaired, um, a very niche uh, focus from an education perspective, but I think something that's incredibly interesting and something very relevant, and really wanted to have her come on today and talk about, you know, what's going on in her field of work and her field of study Talk a little bit about accessibility and education for blind and visually uh, visually impaired students, and and then maybe let's go into kind of what legislative and curriculum advancements that she'd like to see implemented for TVI. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Michelle Hicks. Michelle, what's going on, girl? Not too much. Not too much. Just 
nothing much. Just um, having a nice day. This good afternoon, everybody. It's afternoon over here on the coast, and just chilling. Have have um, cook out with my kids, and now I'm ready. Oh, see, there you go. You start with the cookout. You make me jealous here on on the West Coast. Y'all, y'all probably got something going. Uh, you know, your husband was probably like you said, he was out there on his tractor, cutting the yard, making everything look right. That's all. That's all good. That's all good. Yes, he was. He had a good time today cutting his cutting on his tractor. And just for everyone out there, we live in the suburbs, and we have a postage stamp of a front yard. But my husband. Doesn't have one of those, you know, little riding lawnmowers. No, he has a full-on um, International Harvester track farm tractor. <laughs> I'm glad you made that clear too, right? I mean, so this, folks, you know, this is just setting precedence for the folks that that I'm dealing with here. Lord, Lord, pray for me. Pray for Michelle. Yes, right. she's got. You know, quarter acre or whatever, nice, nice house. You know, little, little lawn, little something to take care of. But my cousin. Alan show does have a full on farm equipped heavy duty tractor. Probably takes him two passes to cut the entire yard and then Lord have mercy. Y'all I'm 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 gonna wish nothing but the best for you, but you know it, the man is happy, he's doing what he likes to do. If and you know if he stays out of your way, then you know even better, right? Even better. Yes. <laughs> and it's one of those things where I know where he is. That's so oh, there you go. To cut random patches of field, <laughs> there are other things he could be into. So. That's true. That's true. That, amen for that. He's on lockdown, but he's uh, he you know he, he's he's cutting the grass. He's keeping everything nice and tight. That's all. Yes. So let, let let's get into the topic today. Uh, first of all, again, I'm gonna say thank you for for joining me today. And this is something that I'm interested in. Just again, because it's. And, and the, you know, the mantra for ITN for Infotainment News is timely, relevant news of the day. And I really think mm-hmm. that what you mm-hmm. focus on, again, from a TVI perspective, teachers for visually impaired, start off by telling us how and why you got into this particular field yourself. Well, um, I was blessed with growing up in a multi-generational household. So at one point I had my great-grandmother my grandparents, my mother, and my sister and I, um, all in the same household. So my grandfather lost his vision. He, um, during World War II, when he was in the Army, they told him to make sure he read all the books he was ever going to read because he was going to lose his sight due to glaucoma. Oh, wow. um, and as a, young, as a young person, I only knew him as blind, as, you know, by the time I came around, he that's all I ever knew that he was blind. Mm-hmm. But he had these books in his study, and they were full, they were there were no words in them, there were no pictures, but there were all these bumps in them and dots. And I remember just rubbing my hand over them and just loving the way they felt. I had no idea that that was Braille at the time. Um, but fast forward, um, my mother-in-law also um, lost her vision due to diabetes and i remember one time sitting in the um in the kitchen with her and she was listening to an audiobook but the speed she was listening was something that i'm like can you understand what they're saying (laughs) and she could 
And so um, when I went to, uh, when I was an undergrad, I became a special education teacher. So for most of my career, 20 years of my career, I worked with students who have learning disabilities and um, behavior disorders. And I had at least two children, students who were who did have a visual impairment. And one of their eyes was visually impaired. She was encouraging me. She said that there is a huge need um, for teachers of the visually impaired. And she encouraged myself and a few other teachers to try to um, get certified. And at the time, we needed to spend two weeks away at the School for the Deaf and the Blind. And at that wow. point, um, my children were little. All three of them were little. So I couldn't have left um, my husband alone with three young children. Yeah, don't do I don't that. Lord, don't do that. I, 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 I'm just, we, we, we don't go any further into that. We'll stay, we'll stay focused, but yeah, don't do that. Right. And so I did take one course, Braille, and I've always loved Braille. Um, and that's why I you know, made the connection of what those books were from my grandfather. But fast forward a few more years, um, a friend of mine had, you know, called me who finished her TBI. She said, Michelle, you know, your um, county needs two TBIs. This is the time you need to go and do this. You have a guaranteed job already in your system. You just need to go take the classes. And at this point, there had um, there was a grant through George Mason um, University, and there was something called the... Um, Virginia a Consortium for Sensory Impairment, where they were paying part of um, the part of the way for us to for educators in Virginia to become certified to teach visual impairment and other sensory impairments like hearing loss that is also a, they don't have a lot of teachers. So I was able to do all the coursework online, so I didn't have oh, to nice. leave nice. my house, right. um, so I could work. And then I could come home and take classes. So it was the things happen. I know God is really good to me and things happen when they're supposed to happen. So I started taking classes. My um, district, you know, moved me over from being an inclusion math teacher to um, working with students that are visually impaired. And I absolutely love it. I'm not sure. Um, back before the world ended, I know. Um, good morning, America. <laughs> before the world ended, I love that. <laughs> Um, had been a small segment on, you know, the fact that there are there is a, a nationwide shortage of teachers of the visually impaired. So anyone out there listening, we need you. And it's a wonderful, wonderful, you know, teaching position. I love it. I, I will actually yeah iterate that as well. Right? I mean, I mean, you signed up to do the hard work, but you signed up to do the necessary work. Right. I mean, love all the teachers, love everyone in education. My, my wife started in the classroom as well. And, you know, you started in the classroom and that role, that occupation, that position, I couldn't do it. Look, I, I don't have enough patience just for myself. Right. But the, and, and we, we don't we won't even talk about, you know, the fact that you're not compensated financially as much as you is justified and what you should be. But. To go into a totally different field just based on situations that you've had with your family, right? You you saw your grandfather, you saw your, your, your mother-in-law go through these trials and go through these situations. You said, you know what? I want to go help youngsters and kids that are yeah. going through this as well because you know that they're having a tougher time. At, 
just being a kid and going through school is tough anyway, right? But, but when you have kind of these odds stacked against you as well, then, you know, that, that adds a little extra weight on the shoulder. So kudos and shouts out to you for, again, doing that hard work, signing up to do it. And you say it's been like your, your 20th year or so in this particular field? This um is, I've been, this is my 25th year of teaching. Um, 20 as working with students who are learning disabled and behavior disordered. And then the last five, with children um, with blindness and visual impairment. Okay, okay. So, what's changed in that time frame? Right? Have um, wow. resources <laughs> have? Uh, and, and, <laughs> well, yeah, besides, wow. as you say, when when the world has stopped. But what yeah. what has changed? I guess in, in terms of you know some of the accessibility and the tools that you have to, available to you. From when, from when you started, what, what what do you see now in 2019, 2020 that you have as capabilities that you can give to your to your students? Technology has been uh, just a, such a blessing. Mm-hmm. I worked with a student when I started working with him. He was in fifth grade. And at that time, he had something we call it a CCTV um, but it's not really a closed circuit television. What it is, mm-hmm. is more of an electronic magnifier. So you can put books and papers under this and it magnifies it so it's nice and big because he's low vision so he can see. So he would sit behind this thing in the back of the room because that's where the plug was. Yeah. And he would do work and his assistant um, would like take notes or tell him what, you know, they're doing, but one of the, but he, and he was very passive in his learning. It happened to him. So um, one of the things that I wanted and we got, especially because we're transitioning to middle school was something called an EBOT. And I call him Edgar. I mean, Edgar, but Edgar the EBOT was a distance magnifier. So imagine like a document camera. So it's for camera. So, it would look, Edgar looks at the board and then sends a wireless, um, to his wireless app on his iPad so he can see in real time what the teacher is doing. So oh, if she's amazing. writing a problem on the board, yeah. if she is showing, um, you know, a beaker or whatever, he could see it. And the day, James, the day we got him that, yeah. I almost cried because he said, that's what she's doing in the front of the room. Oh, <laughs> this was a fifth it grader. Was like a, it was like one of those, right? I mean, just a whole yes. new one of those aha moments. Okay. He was a fifth grader and never, ever had known what was going on. You know, he couldn't see, visually see what the teacher and the other students were doing at the front of the room. So it was a game changer for him because as we moved into middle school, he was able to take notes. He was able to see what everyone else was doing. And like I said, right to his iPad. And it was amazing. Um, I remember one time I sat with him and he was copying notes because we want everyone. I want all my students. We want everyone to be as independent as possible. So he asked me, well, Miss Hicks, can you take my notes? And I said, no. And he, I mean, he gave me a death glare. <laughs> and I said, I think you need to hurry up then. And he was able to, and so he was started taking notes. 
And I asked him because I took a picture of what, you know, the board was saying, just in case he missed anything or a backup copy of notes. But I wanted him to know the responsibility was on him. And so I asked him, like, the next slide. I'm like, do you need anything? And he said, I got it. He was a, the expectation was you need to take notes like everybody else. So the, I remember this was sixth grade. So fast forward to ninth grade this past year, we were, um, I was in class with him again and the teacher was showing notes to the, to the, um, to the children, to the students. And he was sitting there doing nothing. And I was like, what you doing? And he's like, I'm done. So other students with vision <laughs> who had nothing wrong with them, we're still count, you know, copying word for word. And I looked at his notes and he did what a good student does. He looked, he read the sentence and then That's put cool. it down in his own words. That's cool. And I'm like, That's cool. we got this. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, now education is fun. Now, you know, that student's enjoying learning instead of becoming a statistic who may have been left behind, right? Because, right? you know, that teacher, no fault of theirs, they probably got... 20, 30 other students in the classroom. So, you know, at the beginning, when he was in sixth grade, but can't go necessarily, we want them to, but can't necessarily go and focus on that one individual. But now right. we got the technology. Now they're able to see the, the math problems on the board. That, that's, that's a cool, that's a pretty good story. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, okay, now let's throw the curve into it uh, and talk about, as you say again, the world has come to a close or come to a halt. What are you doing now? I mean, are you, <laughs> yeah, you know, let's sit back and talk about it now. You know, what differences are you doing preparing classrooms, your peers, uh, you know, other teachers, and maybe even some students, if you've talked to them, how are you preparing to embrace learning during COVID? Well, that was, I mean, COVID is, you know, this was completely new to everyone. So yeah. we were all thrust into a distance learning situation. I, one of my um, guests that I had on my podcast that I had um, interviewed was a college student who is studying to be a teacher of the visually impaired, and she herself is visually impaired. And she was saying the struggle that a lot of students with blindness and visual impairment, when they go to high, you know, college and you know, a after um, graduating, they struggle with the technology because there's it's there's a lot of difficult access as well as just learning new things. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure, you know, that my students were able to be independent. And instead of facing this issue when you're in college, when you don't have a TBI, let's work on it now while you do have the support of the TBI. And a lot of like <laughs> the same student I was working with, um, he had geometry this year. And I said, we, I'm sorry, we had geometry this year. And I'm, I'm including him. And bless her heart, he had a wonderful teacher. But when they were recording videos, they were, she made videos and she said, okay, you're going to go here and make sure you click this. And then you're going to go here and then you're going to do that. And so he had no idea where here was. He had yeah. no idea where there was. And it wasn't like she was trying to be, you know, she, wonderful woman, so, wonderful teacher. But it's we, you don't necessarily always are mindful. Yeah, of, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing, right? Yeah. Right. Mm. 
So I would have him watch the videos, her teacher videos in geometry, because that's what they're supposed to do. And then I would ask him, because we were over Zoom and so um, and over on our iPads. And he would say, I would ask him, did he understand what she was, you know, what he had to do? And he said, no, I have no idea. So then I would have to go and watch the video. And I am not a math person. You can ask my husband and my children. I am not a math person. So I would have to then watch the videos. And then I would have to go and explain them to my student. So that's why I said we had geometry. Um, And some of the difficulties, like, again, he uses an iPad. um, But things like Google Classroom, you can't pinch and zoom on Google Classroom. So when the teacher is information, the notes of like what you're supposed to do, that's inaccessible to him. So instead of him being able to be independent student, he had to wait for me, you know, for our Zoom time in order for him to be able to, you know, understand what he needed to do. So those are the kind of things that now is the time to learn the accessibility features yeah. of things like Canva. Canvas, I know they're like um, switching platforms where I'm living. I mean, my county from Google Classroom to Canvas. So it's now time to learn those things. Um, just preparing my students for self-advocacy. Because, again, you're home. If no one's going to make you do something, and you're a kid. If no one's going to make you do anything, you're not going to do it. So That's if true. something yeah. is difficult, then it's then they're not then people are going less likely to do it. I had a young lady that I worked with, and they had labeled her. She was visually impaired, but they also labeled her emotionally disabled. And when I met her, she was a sweetheart. Um, and here in Virginia, we have the standards of learning. We did not do Common Core, we have the standards of learning. So she needed like X amount of credits, probably like I think 13 or 14 verified credits in order to you know, graduate. This was her okay. second year as a senior and she had zero. And I'm like, I remember sitting in the, the meeting and I am very positive and very much try, but I'm like, should we look at GED? Because there is no way in the world to say, girl. You're not going to catch up. Yeah, you're not, you're not oh, going to make it. <laughs> You know, you know, in one year. Well, we, she and I worked, you know, we started working and I'm like, well, why weren't you doing the work on the computer? They had put her on the computer to do work. And she said, Miss Hicks, I can't see it. She couldn't see the the cursor and she hated computers because she couldn't see the mouse. So there are accessibility features built into computers. And I said, give me a shot. And I was able to teach her how to, to make a, cursor big, how to make it, um, it'll do a little thing as far as like a little flash of where the cursor is. And she was able to be like, oh, James, she walked across that stage in June. Because she passed all of her SOLs. Oh, you know, that, that's, that's struck me when you said that. I mean, yeah, so we've got all these mobile devices. We've got phones, laptops, desktops, and all this, and they have these accessibility tabs, yeah. Should not take those for granted and should be aware of those. But you brought up something, and I, and I almost wonder, I don't know if I'm going to put you on the spot here, but I touched on it in, in the intro. From a legislation perspective, is anything being done to 
not forget these students, right? I mean, is, is there some bills or some, some uh, documents in the halls of Congress or legislative or the representatives that specifically address the visually impaired and the blind and education and things of that? Well, we just finished the, um, back in July, we just had the 30th anniversary of the of American Disabilities Act. And yeah. within that act, our things not only need to be accessible, like physical, like getting into buildings and having ramps, mm-hmm. you need to have, things need to be visually websites, need to have, there's a criteria that all websites are supposed to, supposed to, um, you know, use and be, you know, and have. So the laws are there on the books. But not everyone adheres to those because it takes a little bit more. Just like if you think about it, like you'll have a physical building and the ramp is all the way in the back in the alley. And just because there's a ramp doesn't mean that it is and it's accessible doesn't mean that it's user friendly. Doesn't mean, you know. We were in, bless our hearts, this, we were in a school that was built probably in the 40s or 50s. And I prayed every time we got in the elevator. I mean, it was an elevator and it was accessible, but I was like, this would, I don't know if we're going to make it up, up, up the stairs. You know, I mean, up the elevator. Yeah. So there are, so the American with Disability Act tells us and tells businesses that everything needs to be accessible. But not everyone does it. Well, you know, I'm sitting, no, as you were talking, I'm sitting here writing notes. I will make sure that infotainment news has accessibility functionality and features turned on. I, again, not, and that's that's really why we're having this conversation, right? It was never an oversight, but again, it, it's something that we're, everyone is not as aware of as it should be, right? Let's, let, let's be cognizant and let's be compassionate to our, our fellow brother and sister. And, you know, if, yeah, the ramps are great. Yeah, the railings are good. But uh, accessibility to foes with, with, with hearing loss, vision loss, uh, whatever the case may be, let, let's make sure that they have equal rights or equal access to facilities and services as well. So, yeah, I, I was literally, I, I'm literally writing down some notes right now to make sure that my site is accessible. So I've got yeah, homework. No, go ahead. And a lot of it is things that are super simple. Like I had teachers who they'll give a worksheet and I'm like, this isn't, can we get an electronic copy? Because again, yeah. my students can take it on their iPad and make it bigger for them. Um, if it's a Word document that they created, oh my goodness, do you know you can select all the copy? And change it from a 12 point font to a 20 point font. And it doesn't, and that's completely free and easy. Um, so those are the kind of things. And it's not, and I know people, you know, I truly believe that there's good, you know, they're good in people and people are good. It's just they, people don't know what yeah. they don't know. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's, yeah. So it's one of those things I know I've had, um, my, my parents, I was in an IEP meeting and the mother was just so stressed out because her child who um, had been a preemie, because that's often um, when preemies are given oxygen, it can damage their eyes. Mm. She, and she was concerned that her, you know, her child was struggling. And when I, she had an iPhone and when I, and she's like, you know, he's always so close to it. I said, 
can I see your phone? And she gave me her phone. I went into the accessibility, you know, um, you know, part, made the font bigger, made every, and she was like, I didn't know. She started crying because she thought she would, she had done something wrong. I said, no, darling, you you just don't know what you don't know. And if you don't need those things, James, the saddest part, again, I work with students and one of the things with the vision field, you can work from birth all the way um, till death. I mean, because eventually if we live long enough, you're going to lose your, you're going to lose some vision and you're going to need me. But, um, (laughs) So many times our older our older members of our communities will go to the doctor, find out that they might have diabetes or a glaucoma and they're losing their vision and that's the end. And they think that's the end. They aren't able to cook. They aren't able to do their um, um, the hobbies that they like. But there are low low vision devices that will help you do anything and everything if you don't know and no one tells you then you sit and people sit in the just sit and in the dark and lose their vision because no one has ever told them that they can get a magnifier at home they can get you know large print um oh goodness like measuring cups and it's just sad well, you, you know, I'll, I'll put it back on the screen here. Um, my dad is watching, and he chimed in with this this statement earlier, and he's currently going through treatment for glaucoma, so he's at least he's definitely taking advantage of services that are available to him. So, to to Hicks Senior, there, don't don't sit in the dark, brother. You know, you, you you've got resources, and you can always call Michelle. She she she's got all of the insights to to help. Um, let's let's. Pivot slightly and let's talk. You, you already talked a little bit about it, but let's talk about your podcast, which is now in its successful was that second season. I've, I've listened to a handful of episodes. Talk to us a little bit about um, what you're doing with that. Right. The folks that you're interviewing, the topics that you're you're, you're having and uh, where others can actually access that as well. Well, my podcast is called TBI Talks with Michelle. And like the little thing it says, it's the aim is to support teachers of the visually impaired. Um, we had talked about that there's a shortage. There are, there's a generation of TBIs that are retiring now. And the field is being filled, which is to a point, which is um, with younger, not younger, newer <laughs> TBIs. But that generation, we're losing their information, their knowledge. And really, we want to make sure that kind of we do what we I wanted to build a community of practice. I wanted to build a a support as a TBI. I am an itinerant teacher, so it means I travel from school to school. So okay. I spend a lot of time in my car. So last year, I discovered podcasts. I never had I'm not really a talk radio person and I didn't like I didn't really I listened to podcasts. But I found a podcast on sewing, which was, I um, love to sew. It's a great podcast. And it was amazing because as traveling from school to school, I was learning sewing techniques and I was learning new patterns to, you know, um, fill out. I was like, I wonder if there's a team, like, you know, one for teachers with visually impaired. So right. I, um, I just search on, you know, um, 
Apple podcast. And there really wasn't anything that grabbed that stuck out to me. And so I'm one of those people where I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if I could do that. So, um, <laughs> I decided to create this podcast and one of the, to help the next generation of teachers. One of the things I don't know, James, if you knew, um, Alan taught for you, my husband, Alan, your cousin taught for mm-hmm. a year. He yeah. taught, um, and he was a really good first year teacher he connected with the kids, but he wasn't given the support from the administration and from the people in his department. So he taught for one year and research shows a lot of new teachers because he was a career switcher. So a lot of new teachers, a lot of career switchers um, will stay in the classroom for two to three years. And then they leave, they run in droves. We're losing teachers because they're not given support. So since I hated what they did to my husband, I hated it, hated it, hated it. As a classroom teacher, I always sought out the new teachers in special ed. Like, come on, I'm your mentor. I'm not getting any money. I'm not getting any professional development points, but it's not, you're not, it's not going to happen my watch will take it to my husband. So come on, you're going to learn how to, you know, you need to have a question, ask me. Because like for him, they had his, the person who was evaluating him was also his mentor. So if you have a dumb question, wow, hmm. you're not going to want to go to the person who's going to evaluate you. Yeah. So I'm like, come talk to me. I had wonderful mentees there. Both of like both two of my favorite ones have, you know, flourished in the classroom, once moved down to admin, but they're still in the education field. So I love my mentees. I love my PIC, um, if she's watching. But so that's what I wanted to do for TBIs. Because again, we spend a lot of times in our cars. Let's, you know, learn something going in between schools. So um, I have I really believe in connections with people and building, you know, a community and building friends. So I had a physical group of teachers of the visually impaired in the, in several counties around where I, you know, where I work. And we called ourselves, I called us the VI squad. I even made us t-shirts. And, <laughs> Got um, a little swag for the, for the crew too. Huh? Okay. And, <laughs> I so, um, so we would be able to call and like, Hey, you know, have you ever um, gotten, you know, um, read aloud for the SAT for a visually Mm -hmm. impaired kid? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I did that last week, you know, because with teachers of the visually impaired, I can work from two all the way up to 22 with two year olds all the way up to 22. Okay. so if I don't if I don't if I haven't had a student who is a senior, then I don't know, you know, some of the things that seniors, you know, need. But I can I could call and text, you know, my friend um, and to just ask a question. So that's the kind of community that I wanted to build with my podcast. So I've been having been so blessed um, with just talking to TVIs. My first interview was with my best, like my coworker, one of my best buddies. I knew she wasn't going to say no. but. <laughs> <laughs> Often, you know, when you're meeting with your friends, you're talking about your families and how you're doing, but to have a focused conversation about our field, 
I have learned more just, I mean, it's just amazing. So then I just started branching out and asking, you know, random TVIs, you know, so I've had um, TVIs from across the country. I've had some in California. I've, um, I've just, I have an interview, I just had an interview with someone in Oregon. Um, so I love being able to talk to different people with different experiences. Be- and that's what it all is. We're, we're learning, we're learning from each other. Definitely. That, that's, that's amazing. So, um, you know, if anything is positive come out of this whole lockdown thing, right? And kind of, we, as we were saying off, off screen, I've been able to lock in at, and get the, uh, my, my network going. But the fact that you're continuing to focus on, on your podcast and able to reach out to folks globally, right? So, I mean, yeah, you know, not just in your five mile radius or whatever the case may be, but you, you know, you, you've got west coast east coast north and south so i think that's that's amazing that's phenomenal it's, it's all about the community so um I, i'll keep this on here and i'll definitely add it in the show notes so folks can subscribe to um tvi talks with michelle and what's interesting you know how um apple well the where i focus my podcast yeah they'll do you know demographics so yeah. i got so excited i have a listener in tanzania I'm like, that Love is it. so cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty and he or she has been listening for it like since the beginning. And I'm like, that is so cool. So we have like, I have listeners in Tanzania. Um, I have one in, um, in Asia. Cause you know, it'll tell you like where, like what continent right. people will see. I have someone in Europe and it's like, that's just amazing to me. All right. So share this with them and get their address and Send them some some swag. I have to send them some swag. send them a T-shirt or, or something, right? And then have them, and then you can post that on 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 Instagram or something like that. <laughs> uh, so let me let me ask you this: that's that's a lot of stuff you're doing, right? You're 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 teaching possibly kids two to twenty two. You've got three kids. True, they're 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 adults now. Yeah. You got a. You got a man outside in the front yard on a tractor that you got to keep an eye on. <laughs> Lord knows I do. <laughs> yeah, right. And you went back to school. So talk to us a little bit about grad school because, I mean, that's no small chore, right? Just talk to us a little bit about the time constraint of that and, and how, how that's going right now and what, and what your field of study is for, the, for, your, for your master's or for your graduate program. Well, actually... Um... I am going, I would start not this next week, but the following week. So on the 17th classes start and I will be pursuing um, my PhD in special education. So I heard that. Hold on. Hold on. Let's say, say that. Say, say that one more, one more again. Hold on. <laughs> one more again. I want to make sure that we get, get that, uh, that that resonate. Say, what are you going to do again, Michelle? I will be starting my um, coursework for pursuing my PhD in special education. So, um, and thank you. I have wanted to get my PhD since I was an undergrad. I went to Hampton University, and at that point, I was surrounded by wonderful professors, and I knew, again, at that point that I wanted to help prepare the next generation of special education teachers. Mm. So, money is always a thing, (laughs) and, um, (laughs) you know, and when I graduated from college, I wanted 
to start. I was so tired, you know, kind of tired of school. So I wanted to start. So we, I graduated in May. Alan and I got married on the 19th. We're going to celebrate 25 years um, mm. in two weeks, in a few weeks um, or a week. Ten days, actually. Woohoo! Oh, Lord, she, so, don't, she don't know when the anniversary is. See what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I got nothing and, to do with it. Um, and I start, like, so we got married on Saturday, and I had to report to new teacher training on Monday. We did not have a honeymoon. Um, wow. And by... I think October, I found out we, we were pregnant expecting our first child. So yeah. life just took off. And it was wonder, and it's a wonderful life. I've loved my life. Um, and I, when I went back to, um, to get my master's, I got my master's in reading. The kids were young. I think they were, it was 20, um, um, 07, 06, 07. Okay. And Alan did a really good job of taking, you know, taking over, helping, you know, making sure, you know, so I was able to go to class. So that was hard, but it was fine. So now, like you said, I have three adults. I don't have have three adults. And it's funny, James, um, they had sent an email around about a program that would um, call the Prize Scholar Scholarship, and that was a grant looking for encouraging teachers to go into, to get their PhDs in special education because there's a shortage. And I got the email, you know, you get tons of emails Hmm. a day. I deleted the email because I had time. I didn't even read it. They tried to give you some free money, free training. And you know, you just, you just file out in the circular bin, didn't you? Oh my. And I just deleted it. And I never delete email. And I just, and I just deleted it. Um, and my friend, coworker, my friend Crystal, she sent me like the next day, this is for you. And so I was like, hey, and then I opened it and read what it was. I'm like, oh, this is for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I just decided, let's do this. Let's try. And things have, you know, I've been since undergrad, I was terrified. I'm not a good test taker as far as standardized testing. Yeah. Well, I was terrified of the GRE <laughs> and I'm um, undergrad. So, so from 1990, I was terrified of the GRE. Luckily, when I went to get my master's, I could do the Miller's and Maladies test. But yes. the test was what they needed to get into Virginia Commonwealth University for this program. And when I met with a phone interview, they gave me a target score. So not only do I have to take this test, I have to get I have to get a target score. You got you to get pretty high. I know. Okay. So I was terrified, but I was just like, I, all I can do is try. So I, within a week, you know, registered for it and took it. I studied a little bit, but I mean, it was a week. I missed it, the mark, probably by seven points. Oh. And I was sad. And my yeah. husband was, you He's a huge encourager. He was just like, Michelle, you always take the test twice. So you'll take it twice. He was like, you'll take it another time. You'll have time. You'll have a whole month to study because, you know, the test is not cheap. So I paid for the first one. He paid for the second, you know, mm-hmm. me to take it the second time. And he was just like, you got this. And he's like, if you had a week and got that close, imagine after, you know, you have a time to study. 
And James, there's a way, I mean, I just didn't know that there was a way to study for those tests. And I mm-hmm. studied, I learned, I love my, I love YouTube. YouTube is my like best friend. <laughs> and <laughs> found video after video on it. I'm like, oh, there's a way to take this test. James, when the score flashed up, because you get your score immediately. Right. I burst into tears. Because I was <laughs> You're like, this, is, this can't be right. These numbers are high right here. These numbers right? I love it. <laughs> I, and I'm sure people thought that I was crazy because I was in there sobbing. I was just so <laughs> proud of myself. And I was like, yeah. even if I won't get in the program, I've conquered a fear. Yeah. And that yeah. is what life is about. So I like that story as far as this is, is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm getting my, uh, my I'm going to pursue my PhD in special education and my focus is going to be visual impairment. That's where I'm going to do my research. Um, you know, because there's lots of things to research, especially now with accessibility, all of this is new, you know, distance learning and doing those kind of things. So it's just been a blessing. So I'm so excited. So, hey, that that's an amazing story. Congratulations on that part. So let me. Are, is it is it Hampton or are you going to VCU for your studies? I'm going to VCU. Hampton okay. was my, Hampton was okay. my undergrad. Okay. And All it's right. funny Perfect. because when they're asking like, what do you want to do with your degree? One of the things I really want to do with my degree, like I said, I got my um, I learned how to do special ed at Hampton University, which is a historically black college or university, they're saying there's a discrepancy and there's, um, there are less special ed teachers of color that are coming into the field. Well, hmm. at Hampton University, there's no longer a special education department. It vanished. Um, and that's one of the things I really want to do. I want to get that started because you have a whole generation of African-American students who are going to a college who don't even have the opportunity to major in special education or to get endorsed in special education. So that's one of the things I really want to do. Look, I, 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 I'm not going to say anything else. That's, I, I, <laughs> you know what, that, that I'm going I'm to leave it right there on cloud nine. Look, you <laughs> phenomenal story about passing your GRE. Uh little shout out to, to, to Alan there too. You know, we'll give him a couple of cool points there. I, I won't be so hard on him next time I talk to him, you know, <laughs> Definitely supportive man, supportive family, uh, and and the fact that again you are doing the hard work, planning on going back and giving back to the communities in need. Uh, that that's that's a, that's just a great story, and we support you one hundred and twenty percent. Michelle, I thank you for joining me today. Was it? Hope this was fun, right? Yes, it's a lot of fun. Good. I mean, I, I, again, it's a, a statement or a, a conversation topic that not everyone is as aware of as we possi- probably should be. We, we know or we've heard of accessibility. We know about certain aspects, ADA. We know about the, the buttons on our phones and on our laptops. But again, how does that affect the student in, in class that's sitting in the middle or the back of the room who, damn, can't see the chalkboard, right, and is having issues? Are there folks that are out there to help that student get better and prepared and and succeed? And the answer to that, obviously, is yes. And you are definitely one of those people. So thank you again for everything that you do. 
you. And I know I'll finish on one thing. I know you're out there, you know, with Google and Facebook and all those people who make apps. Yeah. Accessibility. Remember my babies. Remember those first people with blindness or visual impairments because we need the same access. They need the same access as everyone else. So when you're designing your apps, when you're designing things with Google, fix, class, fix the classrooms so hey. we can I like you know what when, when 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 I get out of lockdown and and I can go down the road back to Facebook, HP, Google, Dell, and all those companies, I will make sure some kind of way I'll I'll integrate accessibility into the pitches that I give. I, I, I'm gonna do my part, right? I'm, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do more than just just talk about it. I'm, I'm gonna be about it. So. Uh, on that note, Michelle, thank you again for joining me uh, on this edition of ITN Live. For those who tuned in, hopefully you saw the link for her podcast. Again, I will put that in the show notes so you can have availability to that. And you're, it's not just on, on on Apple, right? You're you're it's kind of syndicated across multiple podcast platforms. So, um, iHeartRadio as well as Spotify. Nice. See that you where you need to be. You where you need. To, so there's no excuse. All right, folks, there's no excuse. You have access, you have the accessibility to the accessibility <laughs> podcast. I, I, I saw the jokes I got. I, I'm, I'm not good at it right now. All right. So I appreciate you. Thank you very much. You guys, thank you again for joining in. Uh, we will see you and talk to you very soon. Peace. Thank you for having me.